welcome back to what have you i'm rachel jankovic i'm becca merkel and we are just diligent 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 here yeah. to podcast today you'll be excited to hear we're in a big change of scene today because we're in rachel's car you were in exactly the same spot that we were only like two days ago or something. We we're are being, being so on we're it. We're being really on it because I'm about to be out of town for a week. And we are thinking in advance. We are recording ahead of time. Yeah. So, you know. Big job us. So I think we're boasting a little too much. It's yeah. probably going to go wrong. Yeah, probably. So, I had a topic that somebody sent me this and I've seen it on the internet. I'm going to see. I don't know that it will really... Play. It's the video that was a message from the gay community. Did you see? Oh it? my land! Did you watch I did, it? Uh, just enough to see how grotesque it was about. Like we're you're coming for your children. We're gonna convert and your all kids. of it, all of it to the tune of a Frozen theme song or something. Oh. And it's like, we'll convert your children. <laughs> you're like, no, you're the worst. This is the worst. But I did. I still wanted to talk about that because I think if you're one of the Oh, just in summary, it was a it was like a video message from the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir or yeah. something. Where I they think, I think that's a little I mean, gay men's choir, who are they to draw lines that it should only be just gay men? Bad I feel job, like you I guys think that, that was judgy of What them a judgy and and, and uh-huh. I don't think that was open mm. or welcoming. Exactly. So this Anyways, little song is about how choir. you're trying to keep your children from being corrupted, but we're going to convert your children and they're and they're little uh like they're i would assume where they're trying to claim that they don't mean we're just going to be pedophiles and molest your children is that they're saying we'll convert them to like to love and harmony you know we're gonna convert your children and there's some really it's basically saying no matter what you try to do your children are going to be accepting and loving and and um, towards the gay community, and and it, it was a really gross video from the perspective of it being so open with yep. what they're planning to do, and it is a tragic video because of how successful they've been. That they they have enough pomp in their in their they feel successful at this. They feel confident yeah. at it. They have plenty of success to point to. Yep, already, and they are confidently bragging and boasting to parents, basically just to conservative parents who want to keep mm-hmm. their kids from being corrupted. Uh, they are just saying, well, yeah, you can, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. We're going to turn you into an ally yet. Like we're yeah. going to do it. It's this. like those creepy, we are everywhere signs. Yeah. It's just kind of like, okay, so there's that. But I'm assuming if you saw it and you're a Christian mother, that it is unsettling. I mean, it gives you the sense of Yuck-a-duck, bad. I mean, it's it's horrifying to have someone say, "No matter what you are teaching your children, we're going to win." But the thing that made me laugh about it is that it brought back a flood of warm memoirs. I was just didn't it? And and this is why I felt like we needed to talk about it because I was like, I remember. I'm guessing I was in junior high. How old do you think you were when this happened? I think I was probably. Yeah, mid-teens. Yeah, we were so somewhere probably. there. So I there was, was a 15. there was a proposed bill of some kind. Yeah. I don't even know. It was Proposition One, eight. eight, something like that. And our dad, as a pastor who would oppose it, was asked to speak at some forum of some it was kind. City Hall. It was like at the. Was it a city hall meeting though? It was at City Hall. Whatever it was. He was asked to speak, but he was speaking as the opposition to a bill that was part of the gay agenda. So whatever it was, I think it was about uh, equal marriage rights. I remember rights, that it like, was Proposition, um, Proposition 8 because I remember they were chanting Idaho's, 2468, Idaho's too great for hate. Maybe I'm just assuming which was that when it was you're, 8, but maybe which, it was 1. I don't know. Maybe it was are you, 1. I think, I think that it was, well, whichever. Anyways... It was a time, so dad was asked to come be on this panel, but he was there as a, as a representative of the one who thinks you shouldn't be doing this. So he was much loathed and detested in that time. And I remember 
getting a mailing at our house that was from like the lesbian avengers or they, something the lesbian avengers were flown in they I came believe, just to protest just it. sit on that group name <laughs> for a minute but the lesbian avengers some of their some of their belief system trickled our way in a pamphlet <laughs> Do you remember? I mean, it was some kind of a the statement of lesbian oh, avengerhood, it and it was very disturbing. I mean, like the things that I remember from it was I don't remember the pamphlet. So it was like a flyer. But somehow we got a lesbian avenger flyer <laughs> that declared upon it there. In, it was like we will molest your daughters in the bathroom. Oh yeah. I mean, it was that kind yeah. of thing. And it was That's right. You see it, and you just ask yourself what (laughs) like what on earth because a that's horrifying but b who writes that up as a statement of faith and puts it on a flyer and mails it around to people i mean like it was just really weird and this was all around the same time so we had that we had that little gift of an informational packet at our house at the meeting was this not the one where the man turned up in a loincloth? No, that was a different one. Okay, so anyways, at this... So this was a big-time hot sauce meeting. And we went. We went there we to watch there, it. Yeah. But it was really a time. And it was probably my first real trip. I told you. Sorry, it's a little... Uh, do you want me to roll down your... It, it's not reliable. My okay. AC is yeah, not being reliable. A little breeze would be good. All right, go ahead. Uh, and... I think it was my first real trip out into this kind of a situation because we went in there and the room was so packed that there was only standing room. We were standing, we were standing up against the wall in this room that was throbbing with rage. I mean, like really, no other way of putting it. At some point, a man did an iconic. If only we'd been a good photographer and been there to catch it. But there, a man in the front row. So freaking mad at dad. And he (laughs) stood up. I mean, we are talking like scarlet colored with (laughs) veins bursting. I mean, his neck is like veins. veins. I mean, it was like, you're thinking this man is going to have a heart attack. It's not all right. And he is flipping dad off with every piece of energy he could find. And in his other hand, he is clutching the sign that says, no hate here. And it was so iconic. It was yeah. so like... You just wish you could have captured the image. just like, wow. Like, that's an amazing moment. But after this event, as we shuffled through the hostile crowds, Dad, in this, it was a hostile group. Dad yeah. had a note. He was ready to have the cops called because things were looking to be out of hand. Yep. At the it, it was it was a violent affair. Well, it was violent without it didn't actually turn violent, but it was really dancing on the brink. Yeah, of and it was this brawl packed foyer afterwards. And I remember one of the lesbian Avengers. There was a Christian attorney who had also spoken, mm-hmm. and I remember her just screaming in his face. But he was quite a lot taller than she was, so. She was like looking up with this mm-hmm. scream face on and telling them that it it really was a poetic failure. She was she had gotten herself worked up about how this is going to be on your head and this is judgmental of you and you're hateful and you're wicked and everything else. <clears throat> and then she went off on this sort of a tangent about the blood is on your hands. And, and then she had it run oh. away with herself. Oh, oh I she remember was that. Blood yeah. is on your hands, and it's dripping, and it's gonna drip on the floor, and <laughs> and and you're gonna slip in it. No, I think she said. I think she said you're gonna slip in it, buddy. Yeah. I think buddy came out at the end, and the blood that is on your hands is slipping onto the floor, and it's pooling on the floor, and you're gonna slip in it, buddy. <laughs> I just remember and if you're asking yourself, like, whoa. If you're asking yourself, in what school were these strange Wilson children <laughs> trained? This was this was one of our field trips this that we went, went on. Well, okay, but I and this is the part that I was all of this was just to build up to this moment that we had where we were standing by dad and it was another woman screaming at dad. Yeah. 
I don't think it was even the same one, but maybe it was. No, I don't think so. I think it was a different one. But we were kind of observing it from afar. And I just remember feeling like, oh, I wouldn't have ended there. I felt like that was a... Slipping in it was not your best. (laughs) And Buddy did not come off well. And, um... We were kind of looking at the rhetoric of it. We were like, like, wow, this is something. I would have had that checked by your peer review group. (laughs) (laughs) But then we were standing there, and somebody was yelling at Dad. And all in his face, but then she began gesturing at us as yeah, we stood the there. Yeah, the two of us. And she was it just wasn't Nate there too? Either yeah, way, but I don't think she was. She was like, "In ten years, your kids are ours. They're ours." And you know, yeah. we were in a very hostile situation, and I remember it feeling that was unsettling in the sense that you're looking <laughs> at this person and like, "Whoa." Like, why do you She's think you're going to have us in 10 years? Yeah. yeah. But the the reason I bring this whole story up is just to point out to you that 10 work. years has come and gone. <laughs> <laughs> and none of us, none of us have been granted. ideologically captured by the lesbian no. Avengers or their affiliates. No. We, it was not. No. We remain unimpressed. Yeah. With their rhetoric and their packaging. But, but the, what I was saying at the beginning is, however... Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of Christian kids have been. Yep. Right? And this is what I just think is important that we just take a moment and reflect on the fact that they don't have to be. No. Your children do not have to be easy pickings for these no seagulls and crows. Like, you can not leave them vulnerable. And it, okay, it reminds me of fast forward some years from that point, And I was working at a crisis pregnancy center and there was a lot of materials that went down at the crisis pregnancy center <laughs> at that time that I did not participate ideologically. in. there was a lot of like, here, watch this video to be trained. Yeah. And I would be like, what? <laughs> I don't agree with this. Um, it was my first big, like, ecumenical excursion into working <laughs> with other Christians where you think, but this is so dumb. This is such yeah. a horrible idea. But one of these, I remember talking with the woman who was training me who had me watch this video. And I was just like, the thing is, is it's not true. Like, the problem... I have with this video is that it's it's a falsehood. (laughs) It's not just like not the way I would have presented the information. It's untrue. And the so what I remember from this video, first of all, it was a woman who introduced herself to everything. You know, it's actually pretty funny. So I feel like I have to tell you some tidbits from the opening of this video just so you can gather with me your feelings. (laughs) It opens with a woman being like, I am here. I spend over half the year flying around to different church groups to speak on abstinence to the youth groups and to show them slides of STDs, which is one of her main activities, I think, (laughs) trying to instill some fear in the youth groups of America. Uh, And she was like, and... My husband is a great Mr. Mom at home to our kids. So they have a bunch of little kids at home, but she is nonetheless on the circuit of showing STD slides to other people's (laughs) children for most of the year. You know, the thing about that is you just want to say, nope, 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 nope. You've canceled everything. No, but then it got even worse. It got even worse. She was like, and when my. (laughs) That's just. This is like. Oh. You know, it's like, how many ways does this presentation fail? You're like, this one lights up every red light. <laughs> she then says, and when my son was going to go on his first prom at the age of like 12. <laughs> you want to throw a flag there too. You're, like, Wait. You're just like, but just, no. No, but it, it shoots the moon. It shoots the moon because that was only the opening. When my 12-year-old son was going to go on his first prom, I took his date out in advance. No, no, no. And I said, no. if you so much as lay a hand on no. my son. Yeah, okay, so, wow. I mean, like, you just, you just have to really oh, try to get no. your mind around what kind of a behemoth of a woman this is. <laughs> Also, also, 
We've run into gender confusion. In such a bad way. Such a bad We've way. We've gotten all the pieces. I, everything is wrong. Like, mom is full-time elsewhere working with this oh, weird no. niche job. Well... <laughs> Well, dad is home with the kids, but she's going to take the time out of her busy schedule <laughs> to take a 12-year-old girl out and threaten her <laughs> to not corrupt her son. <laughs> okay, so all of this, all of this is like the stuff that goes by in the beginning of the video. Like, this is not even the meat. This, this is not even the this is I not just, even the real heart and soul oh no. of what we were supposed to oh learn. No. But I did feel like I was learning everything I needed to know just right. <laughs> you know, just as it goes by you. You know, you're like, it can't be that this is oh, the boy. person we're putting in boy. charge of things. <laughs> and then she said oh. But and this is the one that I didn't that where I just felt at the time I think I was eighteen. Okay. So I myself was one of the youth of oh, today boy. when I, at the time, I was not this you old. You were in the target I was not this old, hardened, married woman at that time. <laughs> I was myself the, you know, who she would have wanted to be speaking to. And she said in this, she's like, we have to all know that our children are facing pressure to have sex every day. <laughs> and you're pressure. Like, well, and I said, and they that was shouldn't be. This was the place where I, I think I finally said, no, this yeah. woman is not on the trail of if the answers. She are, is not fight because because what she was trying to say put is them somewhere else. They are facing pressure to have sex every day, and that's why we have to be Scare about this business. Slides. Yeah, this yeah. is why we have to do this. And I was just like, you know, the thing is. Is that other things are wrong. If yeah. your kids are facing pressure to have sex every day, you have failed monumentally. Yeah. Yeah. And although I don't think my feedback was well received on this point, because <laughs> I was just like, the problem is in that context, if that's truly what's happening to Christian kids, and I am not here to say that it isn't happening to some Christian kids. Right. I believe it is, but I believe that in the places where that's happening to Christian kids, we have a massive failure of parents, of churches, of like the failure is that you have managed to have your 13 year old girl in the backseat of a boyfriend who wants to have sex car in the night somewhere like so many hurdles have to yeah. be cleared for your kids to be in a situation where their friends are pressuring them this way where they have a boyfriend who's pressuring them where they don't have parents who know where they are where they are not being you know like where they're probably getting disgusting sex ed classes every day yes at public so, schools so the problem is from pagans how available have you made your children for yeah. that temptation and how difficult have you made their walk with God. Like if you, if you are saying, I want you to live as a pure kid, but, but I'm going to put you in a place where your chances of being successful are slim to none. No, it's really like if you had your house completely overrun with mold and rot. And so you're like, this is so important. Here is my mission. I am called to this. I run around with some contact paper and I cover Slap it. it up. I cover Slap it up. Slap it out on Full anything time. I see. <laughs> Full time. Uh -huh. I stick the contact I paper on it. I am here to try to cover up the actual gaping wound that right. is right. hurting children. And so the thing is, is I do feel like, of course, we live in a very corrupt society. Schools are atrocious. I'm sure there's lots of parents whose kids really are there. And I do think you do have a crazy mission field of teens in this country who have been utterly defiled by the educational system. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, they were already full of their own original sin, but then along comes the person well, we for all whom have, it we would be better have, to have a millstone. Exactly. I was going to say, we all have original sin, and yet <clears throat> Scripture teaches about people who cause little ones to stumble. Right. There's, there, 
And Both those things are possible. Teachers who are in there, the ultra pervs, apparently. The, the ultra pervs who want to talk about that kind of thing with kids, that's just vile. So anyway, you, you do have a bunch of people who have had a really terrible thing done to them by the educational system in America. And I do think that there's a huge mission field there. And there's a lot of people who should be trying to, you know, like reach out there. However, the people who are in that terrible situation should not be the children of saints. No, and this is... And, and if they are, what are they doing there? Because you think about when Amy Carmichael was in India rescuing the little girls who were being forced into temple prostitution, right? Yeah. You don't do that work by getting your own daughters into the temple prostitution circuit. Right. Okay? You just don't. That's not the technique. And somebody needs that to be there to help those do people. Do people need to reach out to them? Yes. Do you do it by getting your own kids in there? False. Wrong. Do over. Like, do you no. not think that this and is also, the way to do it? You and need don't to... think that you have the capacity. But also, you don't you don't fix the problem by trying to scare them about STDs. You fix the problem with Christ and their need uh-huh. for a savior and then get out of this situation and let's pull you out of this hellhole that is the public right. school system and I, of America. Like, just to be totally clear, in case any of you thought that I don't have a problem with 12-year-old girls trying out their sexuality on a 12-year-old boy, I do. But the just the idea of helicoptering <laughs> in a, a, a mother at that oh. point, it seems like the weirdest kind of... It's like drawing oh. lines. You know, you take your kids to the park and... There are big curly slides and being like, we're here to ride the curly slides and then randomly drawing lines on the slide and be like, you can't come past this. Now get on the slide and and do not cross this line. And then being like, I'll show you scary pictures of what might happen if when you're sailing down the slide, you accidentally (laughs) cross this border that I arbitrarily made. Well, so in the, what I'm trying to say is when this, when this video tells me, Christian kids in America are facing pressure to have sex every day. And I just said, I'm not. They shouldn't be. I said, let me raise my hand here. I am a teenager of America today. And I have never faced pressure to have sex a day in my life. Like, I, and I was, and the point that I was making to the woman, as I said, I, a lewd man on the street is not pressure. Like, that's not, or or accidentally happening upon something gross. That's not pressure. Like to talk about a corrupting pressure is to mean that things are far closer to you. Yeah. Like that means you have, you know, your best friend is gonna, you know, there's some well, kind of blackmail going on okay. or your boyfriend is threatening something or you're, you're way more vulnerable to something. I have a metaphor here. I mean, we need to come back to this thought, but I have have thought before, you know, so like when Ben was doing um, this kind of gospel Bible study, weekly Bible study with a lot of people. Oh, did I get it? On my leg. I tried. Rachel. There's a fly. She tried to squish a fly on my leg. But I, I feel failed. very offended about I failed. that. With, with Cannery Any, Row. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> maybe I remember the funniness of the, the kind of like the world of people who are kind of between prison sentences, essentially, mm-hmm. who are many of them not saved, some of them baby Christians, and the sort of the like, how was your week? It'd be like, I was doing really good. I was, I was reading the Bible, and then ah, on Wednesday I slipped and sold meth. You yeah, know? they're like walking this... with the Lord, doing awesome, stabbed a guy. Yeah, so so you have like that's a particular level, but like if I in my daily life decided, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some meth. I have no idea where I would go to find it. Like in this town, there are people who, who would be able to hook me up with meth. But to be honest, I, I think I'd have to go to sort of a, the most sketchy pizza place and see if I could talk to the man in the back and say, Hey, do you know where I could yeah. find some meth? Because I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure the pizza place would even get you there. I think but, you might have like to try I harder. Know. I mean, you might have to wait outside days, gas stations for a long maybe, time. Yeah. These, these days, you know, I could get pot quite easily by driving to Pullman. <laughs> However, <clears throat> I'm just, I'm not in the circle where on Wednesday I accidentally took meth again. Like 
I would really have to take a field trip and yeah. exert all of my mental energy to try to dust and it doesn't up mean some it doesn't meth. mean that nobody falls into that sin that way. Some people fall into the sin yeah. through a long and pur- purposeful trip downwards. Sure. But I'm just saying, but you could live <laughs> in the kind of life where you are surrounded by it at all times and you really could accidentally just end up doing that on Wednesday. Right. And what I'm saying is there's there are so many other factors involved that get you so close to that sin that it's just a little slip and you're in it. And your children should not live in an environment where Though they're they just trembling possible. on the brink of accidentally sleeping around 24-7. Well, because, and the reason is because your children should be being brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Which means the nurture and admonition of the Lord is the opposite of the nurture and admonition yeah. of now, sexual immorality. Now, let's or, just say, though, that I also had a steady diet of entertainment that made me feel like meth was the most glamorous, amazing thing I could possibly right. do. I could see then going out and saying, where can I find some? I really yeah. need or to try being this. so highly tuned to that radio frequency yeah. that literally the only thing you can think about is that, which sure. does make you and hone then, course, in on and then opportunities. You're gonna go, you are going to go put yourself in that situation. And I think that that right there is another piece where some people, you might be homeschooling your kids. You might not have them in the sex ed classes. They might be um, completely in one way, you know, cordoned off Uh from that kind of a world. But do they just have a steady stream of smut coming in the door through your television? I think one of the lines in that weird song that we opened up with tagging was about how they'll look on the internet. Yeah. And it was, and this is the thing. That's, that's the kind of area where it's like Christian parents, it's not enough to have your kids in a Christian school or to have your kids. Um, it's not sufficient to just have sheltered them from most things. Think about how you're supposed to, when you lie down, when you stand up, when you walk along the way, it, it is not enough to just be like, well, we mailed off our tuition check again this month. Check. You know, we did that. You have to be like constantly involved and you can't assume that when you have a fire hose pumping into your house of really a lot of sleazy debauch that that's not going to have an impact but like we said last week too you might be like totally nothing 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 we don't watch movies we don't listen to music we don't talk to people but sin comes from the heart of man from within and if you're not actually pastoring your children then you're just going to have problems no matter what you do externally but this point that you're making is there's a lot of things you can do to actively ensure that you're you will lose your children and right. one of those is sending them off to the state every single day for 13 years for of their life their nurture and admonition because of the state that what? that is clearly vile in every yeah. direction and then you say here i would love it if you would teach my Why child don't you raise them about up? life and love and everything yeah and i think i guess the thing that i was trying to say is it's too it's there's really two aspects of like this this video. There's two things that I think bear thinking on. One is that this is a very real threat and a very real hazard and something that every Christian parent should be actively aware of, right? Mm-hmm. You should be actively aware that the world is full of evil. And things that could ensnare your children and drag them away from you, right? Like there is, like you should be aware of that. And on the other hand, you should be able to laugh in of like, what makes you think you have any handles on God's children? Yeah. You know, like you don't actually have this random man from San Francisco does not actually have any of the power he thinks that he has no, because over if God's children. height, nor depth, nor, nor breadth, breadth nor, nor principalities, nor powers, nor, nor San Francisco gay men's choirs. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so if you are taking care that your children are there, then you can trust God. 
for, yes, you for can this. trust God and also don't slack off. Don't think no. like it doesn't matter. But I just, I remember it feeling so weird to me, this, this whole video about the epidemic of immorality among Christian children. And, but don't worry guys, we got our best girl on it, whoever, <laughs> whoever she is. This was so many years ago now. I bet she's out of the business now. But, but the, the point is, is that that was so silly to me because the question was, where are these children's fathers? Where are their mothers? Where is the church they go to? Where is their, like, there's an awful lot. The ones that don't, well, if she's going to youth groups, that's a very valid question. I was thinking if she's just going around to public schools, but no, that's not she what was she was going doing. to youth groups. She was she was speaking exclusively to yeah, the but Christian I'm sure teens. It's, I'm sure that what it was is the youth groups of kids who are all in public schools. Oh yeah, and whose parents have checked out significantly, but they're like sending mailing their kids off to the youth group in the hope right. that that will compensate for how much parenting they're not doing. Right. But my point was that this is. This this rebuke is for someone else. Like this, these parents need to step it up. These people, you know, like. Yeah. But I'll, I will just put this out there that I do think like there are a lot of ways in which parents need to be. It's like we're really afraid of some things that we shouldn't be afraid of, and then not at all concerned about things yeah. that you absolutely should be way more yeah. concerned about. Like just. Yeah deeply more concerned about the kind of insidious little things that are coming in. And I feel like on our podcast, we pretty often talk about entertainment standards. We pretty, we pretty often are mentioning this, but I think it's really important. Dad makes this point a lot that he thinks sins are in, there are sometimes sins that if it comes up suddenly that there's like a teen boy who's really like no that's that sounds like I'm I'm misrepresenting what dad would say he would just say that if a parent is secretly indulging sin it comes out in the family in a in a different way even if the child didn't know about it sure like if a dad is secretly struggling with porn or indulging in porn it's going to come out in his sons whether they know that he is or not yeah yeah. Right? Like there's going to be a there's going to be a fruit. And you it know, should like be clear that, that we're talking about like indulging it, covering it up, lying about it, hiding it. Yes. And but the point is is that a lot of parents treat it like they are qualified to be deep in the worldly wallows. But yep. they are like, that'd be dangerous for our kids. Right. You know, but it's fine for us. Yeah. We enjoy the F-bomb. We don't, we don't mind nudity. We are good at it. We like mm-hmm. it. We mm-hmm. are learn all kinds of things from that these dirty horrible. shows that we watch or yeah. whatever. And acting like that's not actually going to have fruit in your kid's life because at the very least what you're showing is an interest in and availability for this sort of sin and a kind of like lack of seriousness about it yeah like a lack of like we actually think well and to a certain extent if all of your favorite characters in fictional contexts are deeply immoral people then you are basically saying my favorite people are really immoral so I really I mean if my kids happen to be you know I mean I just right like I have no I have no actual conviction on this point. And it it is weird too, because I think people can get attached to fictional characters like they were their friends and tolerate things in their pretend friends that one hopes they wouldn't tolerate if it was their real friend, you know? Exactly. So like you hope that, uh, like you would have an obligation if this was not a fictional character, you would have an obligation to rebuke them to plead with them to give up their evil ways <laughs> then to cut them off as a friend to not right. actually be hanging out with them right. but if you're just tuning in for the next episode you don't feel that you you are yeah. enjoying someone else's sin without any responsibility yourself right. because it's fake and i do think that there are ways 
you know, around it. I don't think you have to have every character in anything you ever watch is a born, born again and faithful Christian. Otherwise, we won't watch it. You know, like, I don't think you have to do that. But you do have to take sin seriously in your fiction. And you don't want to throw yourself into admiration of a character who is really not admirable. Right. Or whatever. And don't think that it's not, that a lot is not being accomplished through entertainment. Like... That's been the primary, and if this was, if, if culture shaping was a football game, the most successful play that is run on us over and over and over again is entertaining us with yep. them making touchdowns on us, right? Like Absolutely. with getting us to veg out and not resist, not well, and engage. I think there's, there's a lot of Christians who have kids where the world has got their its hooks in really deep. Uh-huh. And there's a deep pull towards worldliness. And if you want to look around for how could that have happened, you know, how did that hook get in there? It's like, well, I have a lot of money on the fact that it was probably your entertainment standards mm-hmm. that, that started it. Well, and also, it might be music. It but you also be, have to think about it in terms of the fact that you may be worldly just by different you just have yeah. picked a different genre to be worldly in yep. than what your kids are choosing. Mm-hmm. Like you may be super worldly as regards what you want your house to look like, what you want your, like Vacations what kind of a, yeah, be, what you're trying to achieve with the way you dress or the car you drive or the way that you, how you want to be present admired. yourself. Like you may be super worldly it, as regards looking like a Christian mom who's got it all together. Right? Like you could be very worldly in that way. And so your kids could imitate you, but choose a different world that they wanted to look good in. Right. Right? They're just choosing something else. And I think that that's, it's just the heart of being a Christian is that over and over and over again, we don't belong to ourselves, but we belong to Jesus. That we have to be submitting everything to. It's not just about... It's not... I think this This is weird. I feel like this is, maybe feels like it's changing the subject, but I don't think it is. I think that there is a huge difference in parenting as if you are the legislator making rules for the public. And that's your kids. You know, like, we have a new ordinance. There's a new regulation. There are new laws in town. You're going to get a parking permit. Parking ticket if you Mm -hmm. go over there and I'm the boss and here's how we're going to do this where basically you're creating this this culture of bossiness and then compliance or resentment or partial compliance partial resentment you know like in the kids versus raising your kids to be your friends and Mm -hmm. I feel like I see these things from from moms that are sort of like, I'm sorry, I am not your friend. I am your mother. And yes, that's true. When your kids are four or whatever. It's not true. It should never be true with that tone of voice. No. And the thing (laughs) is, is like, you actually are raising them to be your friends and you want to be able to talk to them like you talk to friends. And, and yes, there is a time when they're little that they need the rules and the regulations Mm -hmm. and they need to be taught to obey and they have to learn what what things are out of bounds and they need, they need to learn respect and everything else. But when you can talk to your kids because we're all on the same team and we like each other and we're friends, then you are, you're pulling them into your world of what you love rather than bossing them and giving them Mm -hmm. infractions and sending them to their room and telling them that, you know, they did it again and everything. Like there's this kind of adversarial, sometimes flagrant, sometimes just subtle adversarial relationship between the parents and the kids where you're not going to have the kind of relationship where they're interested in what you love or what you're loyal to or anything else. And, and it's not to say that you should be a slack parent because the kids need, (coughs) I actually think, I actually think the hard, what you were just saying about, I'm not your friend is that you should be your, you should be your kid's friend, mm-hmm. but you may have a total false idea of what friendship yeah, is. It shouldn't be because friendship, even with an adult, party, even with an adult times, friend yeah. that your job is not to ignore sin. And like, yeah. like friends are accountability and companionship and fellowship as you pursue Christ. So 
if you are like, I am not a friend to my children. Well, something's really broken if you are not a companion, a friend, a like someone who's sharing fellowship as you pursue and, Christ. That's the whole point of being a and parent. And I do think friendship in a much more profound way than little girls dates and yes friendship is friendship is not goobering around at a slumber party together right right. and i do think that that in that sense when you have a mom saying i am sorry i'm not your friend uh, okay fine don't be that kind of a friend but also don't have your kids think that that's what friendship is yeah exactly and and i do think that from the time our kids were really young it was like you're pulling them into your life and your conversations and what you enjoy and and they're pulling you into theirs and and it shouldn't be this kind of like weird I'm the sheriff in town kind of no mood. and and also not where the kids develop this whole like oh it's the parents who yeah. are coming by to stop all the fun and right. do all the be the you know you don't want that kind of because adversarial. if they're if they're raised Which in a is, place where where it's kind of like here at home there's nothing but lines that I'm constantly stepping over right. and infractions that I'm committing and everything. That's what home is like. And then they sort of look out into the world where it's like, and look at all the fun that they're having over there where everybody is like carefree. Well, there I'm invited to fabulous. be a friend of people, people without, it, yeah, people without all this me. rebuke and chastisement. Right. And, and so I, I mean, I Which, probably said this before, but I think that one of the most valuable things about Sabbath dinner from the time our kids were little, like they were all just raised with this, going to mom and dad's and it's cousins and aunts and uncles and it's food and wine and fellowship and fun. And I thought at the time, like a kid who's raised with that, if they look over at the world of a frat party where you have to turn the lights off and the music up so that everyone and can get drunk pretend. so it can be fun. Yeah, so everyone can yeah. pretend like we're having this great time. Hopefully they'll be able to see that for the fake attempt that it is. When you've shown but them it's the, the counterfeit. Yeah. It is the counterfeit. Like when you are walking on the street of New York and you are offered a coach bag. Yes. You would be like that's not the real one. It's not the one. Mm-hmm. And so you want them raised. I actually know what leather is like. Yeah. And yeah. it's not this weird thing that you're handing me. <laughs> um, and so I do think that especially with um, the kind of home that you want to have should make it clear that that world that's being you know offered to them is really hollow and empty and mm-hmm. sad because they know what you know, the reality is like, and so obviously like we're big on talking about discipline and respect and making your kids obey and not letting them be little horror shows. And, you know, and all of that is totally true, but you have to not have it be only that in your house. It needs to be like sin is taken care of. Sin is confessed. Joy is restored. And then we're all friends. Well, and let's just bring this up here. And that is that taste and see that the Lord is good. Like your children should be tasting and seeing mm-hmm. that the Lord is good all their lives. Like yep. it should, it should taste and it should look like a place mm-hmm. of joy. Mm-hmm. And one of them, probably the most totally, uh, like I think one of the, one of the most effective things that the gay community has done is this loving acceptance, the feeling that this is where love is. This is where acceptance is. This is where you could find belonging. And the idea that you with all of your problems would be welcome Mm -hmm. here. And I think Rosaria makes a, I think in her, um, you know, what is it? Secret thoughts of an unlikely convert or whatever that in her initial book. I think that that's a big part of what she's talking about is the hospitality of the gay community was very, because it was so accepting and And the thing is, if you don't know that that is such a shallow fake sham because you haven't seen the real thing, you could fall for it. That's the realist. But but I'm saying don't be raising children who are starved for acceptance, for love, for people who actually see them and delight in them. Even with their 
foibles and right. their weaknesses. Like we yeah. know that we all have weaknesses and yeah. yet we really should love each and other. And it shouldn't be like, well, there was my grouchy distant dad and my judgy panicky mom. Yeah, but and, on the other hand, here's the gay community willing right. to be reasonable and accepting. Arms. Yeah. Like yeah. realize that your kids should recognize, like, I think it's the, um, what is this? Is the Methodist church, the stone church? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Methodist in our town. They had a, they had a sign up that I was like, woo, that one looks hotter than usual. Like that's one that gives me the, uh, back away slowly from this building <laughs> feeling. <laughs> they, they always have something ripe out on their reader board, but they had for pride month, the pride flag. And then God is love is love. Oh. And I was like, well, mm. let's all just take a moment and say that this one's just yeah. overt blasphemy. And, I mean, like, this is just... It should be clear that the whole woke leftist LGBT everything mob has basically said, we're going to have the rules be opposite day all the time, all the time. about what words mean. So hate is actually, you know, trying to have... A standard that's hate love is actually perverse mm-hmm. you know desires that's love yeah you know, like they've taken everything and flipped it and you need to have your kids so familiar with the truth that that is just an obvious mm-hmm. you know an obvious lie and and if you just have a a life that is full of rules and regulations and you know um constant criticism joyless striving high standards that are kind of impossible to ever please mom or dad or anything like it's just you want to have like we talked about this when we're doing the mothering thing the the garden of eden when god put man in the garden of eden it was perfect you have a perfect man in a perfect world Mm -hmm. and it is very important i think that there are lines and there are things that are not allowed and hard lines like your kids need to know that there are certain things clear we do not tolerate that you may not throw tantrums you may not lie you may not you know like god's law is real and it is honored in this family and so there are things that are forbidden but that was one tree in a beautiful garden and so your house should have a similar proportion i think of like it should have there yes there are the forbidden we don't tolerate that that is that is something that can't happen here or as soon as it does we deal with it and then we restore fellowship but they should grow up in like a delightful environment dad was using this analogy recently just about that the walls around the garden protect the garden but they aren't the garden the walls are like the walls are there to defend something. The rules are there to defend something that are not the rules, right? Like the the hard boundaries are so that there can be delightful things inside. inside. And if you don't have any of the boundaries, well, then there's a lot of predators and other things that come in and mm-hmm. destroy it. Right. So you need both of those things. But Christian parents who think boundaries are important can oftentimes forget that the whole reason they're there is for the garden inside. The whole reason we have a wall is that we might have beauty and fellowship and joy and all of these things inside of it. And and, and they can treat it like the wall is here so my kids will never be able to get out and they won't know what's on the other side. Right. Instead of the other, like, um, we said in a podcast a couple of times ago about not being the person who's always busy with the, um, with the bad news of today and the evil doings of others that is a mother who has neglected entirely her job which is to be making a beautiful garden inside the walls right and is instead fascinated with everything she's up on top with a spyglass with a spyglass yelling to the people back inside look there's a horrible rat infestation (laughs) on here and like let me tell you let me broadcast live to those who are in the garden and and what dark deeds are going on outside. We're going to talk about it out there, and I'm going to be telling you your whole life how bad it is, so mm-hmm. you'll never want to go out there. But one thing that you will not have ever found out about is that there's actually a joyful life inside the garden. Right. There's something here that's sweet. Yeah. And you'll be so ill-informed about what can be done inside the garden that the only <laughs> life you can imagine is what's happening outside of it. And, because and that's what everyone's talking about. If I was to about. go out and do all that, then my mom would be quite fascinated with my yeah, activities. One thing, one thing mom loves the most. <laughs> 
just is to hear about horrible things that happen. Honestly, I think sometimes that's, um, you know, like you have missionary kids and pastor's kids that are so famous for being terrible. And you you wonder if it's like, well, they spent all their life with their dad only ever pays attention to the really messed up lost people. All we care about is those people. Do the kids get the idea that if I want dad's attention, I guess I'm going to have to flame off? Yeah. I mean, my one shot. My one shot is to be out there where they're always looking. (laughs) Like, and it's, but the, the point is, orient yourself to the idea of making beautiful things in the safe confines. Like your children's loyalty is won by tasting and seeing that the Lord is good because that's how they themselves have a testimony to God's kindness and his mercy and his forgiveness. Because a Christian kid in a Christian home that's operating in a healthy way has a first-hand view over and over and over of how sin breaks fellowship and how Christ restores it, like how forgiveness restores it. There's no amount of oblivion to the impact of sin. Like the sweeter the family home is, the clearer the reality of sin is. Yeah. Like it's, there's no, uh, sheltering kids from that understanding because the sin is in our hearts, which means no matter how sweet the fellowship, the sin will still make itself known. Rear its head. It will make itself known. And when everybody together recognizes, well, that's the worst. Yeah. (laughs) It's a really great place to be. Yeah, totally. All right. So now we talked ourselves out about that. Yeah. So what we're saying is both take the threat very seriously and also don't, take it as the one thing you ought to be worrying about all the time. It's like have some confidence in the Lord that he will protect your children as you faithfully try to honor him. Do what he says. That's a big step. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, that's good. All right. Any hot tips? Mm. I have one. Good. I didn't. I, uh, this was a tip from a friend who told me this existed. If you have a big family, you will care. It's a waffle iron. Okay. I make waffles, sourdough waffles. Mm-hmm. This is really probably the tip. The King Arthur, speaking of wokey McWoke face places that have destroyed what once was a good. Yeah. Man, they used to be good and now all they are is proactively yeah, gross. But anyways, their recipe for sourdough waffles or pancakes remains uncorrupted. It okay. is magnificent. But I make that sometimes and it's also super easy, which is what's great because okay. you mix it the night before and then in the morning you add eggs and butter and stuff okay. and it's ready. Yeah. But Belg- it's a Cuisinart double-sided waffle iron so it makes two waffles at one time two of the big belgian waffles well that is handy Mm -hmm. so since you should be making these sourdough waffles sometimes just don't buy them don't put rainbow sprinkles on them no don't do that we buy the um we buy the swedish pearl sugar so you scatter some sugar in the waffle iron and then you don't you just put some fruit with it or something it's Mm -hmm. super delicious does sound fabulous. Big tip, and it's just really was right on topic. Just, it was. Just it was. exactly what we're talking just waffles. about. waffles. Well, actually, it might be on topic if you really leap to the taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All until right. next time. Bye-bye. Bye.